Borg presents Powerless in the Face of Death. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And welcome to Season 2 of Orb. The boys are back. The boys are back in town and out of town. Yeah, we are here, uh, beginning Season 2. Um, and wow, we're cooking with gas now, Gary. Yeah, the season is good. The show was good before. That was our thesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the increase in quality is marked. I find the density and quality of jokes uh, <laughs> and, and, in this and kind of ambition of shtick. Yes. Not just the death montage, which is like top 10 moments in the show for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. The intro is one of my favorite things they've ever done. <laughs> uh, the montage is, is so good. Yep. Um, yeah. We're, we're back and it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for season two, we're talking about Powerless in the Face of Death, which originally aired on June 25th in 2006. Uh, this was written by Hammer and Public, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you might expect for a uh, big premiere. Uh, and this was directed by Jackson Public. Yes. Uh, and they had two things that they had to do with this one. They had to uh, get the boys back and they had to get the monarch out of prison. Uh, they do that. But also they have a bunch of fun otherwise uh, picking up some of these thre- threads from season one and kind of starting the process of uh, getting them woven into a more kind of cohesive and serialized form that the show would ultimately take. Yeah, this is a really dense episode. Yeah. Um, and that's going to kind of be a watchword for the show going forward. Um, you know, they only have a couple little plot things that need to happen, but you have to kind of keep, you know, the dialogue in this moves fast. Yes. <laughs> you know, and there are, there are times when the, uh, this is where the kind of comic rhythms mm-hmm. of the banter really start to work. Yeah. Uh, for me with the kind of back and forth, specifically the scene with the henchman in this and the scene with, uh, <laughs> Phantom Limb and King Gorilla, uh, you know, where it just, it's, it's real quick. Yes. Uh, yeah. They do a good job. Mm-hmm. And even like unspoken communication, I think like the animation acting work that they do on Brock and, uh, and obviously, um, uh, you know, the voice acting as well. Uh, but uh, just the way that Brock communicates how, how, how unremarkable the boy's death was mm-hmm. <laughs> is really yeah. good and dense. Like there's just a bunch of good stuff that happens in the animation in terms of characterization as well. Yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a commentary for this one. There are a lot more commentaries. Yes, on the season. Whether we'll add content to this sh- content to this show, who knows? <laughs> yeah, because uh, this one doesn't do a lot. Um, James Urbaniak is there, and they mostly just do voices. Yes, and it's cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that's that's about it. Yeah, a little, a little frustrating. I, I didn't leave myself enough time, so a little frustrating to sit there watching the clock c- uh, click up toward recording time and i'm just like tr- trying desperately to make notes and like say something damn it <laughs> yeah I guess, I guess one of the things that we got to learn uh, yeah. is that maybe we're not going to get tons of gold probably not probably uh well, they're still fun to listen to i just need mm-hmm. to start treating them like a treat yes yeah uh some things revealed in the commentary and then also in the art book uh this was not the first episode that they wrote they uh they i think they said this was like the sixth or so episode that they uh, put together they wanted to kind of hit the ground running um not hit the ground running they wanted to be up to speed when they got to this because they knew it'd be important right yeah 
Yeah. Um, you know, and that makes sense. They want to have this established world. Yeah. You know, um, and they also had a lot of time to work on it. Um, Adult Swim did not give them the go ahead for season two mm-hmm. in the kind of the normal, you know, they, they mentioned like season nine would have been the typical time yeah. for that. And they didn't find out about it for a long time. Uh, so they had quite a bit of time to work. And the network also had a lot of notes. Uh, the biggest problem they had was with the boys. Yeah. Um, they did not feel like Hank and Dean had distinct enough personalities. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there. so they're like, we have to address the boys. Yes. You know, and up to that point, the boys themselves were kind of always consciously an afterthought. Kind of the the fact that it was called the Venture Brothers was a bit of a joke for them because the main character was always Dr. Venture. It was always Rusty. Right. Yeah. You know. And Dr. Ha- Doc Hammer, Dr. Hammer, <laughs> uh, Hammer MD on the commentary talks about how you wanted to go with that. Like yeah. just Brock and Doc show. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like way into it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm glad they didn't do that. I really love the boys. Yes. Uh, but, you know, the idea that they had to do that and they actually, you know, them, the idea of this work uh, doing anything to kind of bow to network pressure is really weird uh-huh. because it feels so singular and like uncompromised. Mm hmm. Um, even though this is a compromise for the better. Yeah, it's I mean, it's funny because yeah, it doesn't seem like something they would that they would do. And also wh- whenever you think of pressure from the network, it's always to compromise and make something worse. No, like it was yeah. a be- it was a better decision. It was a good call to differentiate yes. them some more to make them into actual characters because a thing about actual characters is uh they can they can say better jokes. <laughs> yeah, and you can carry you you can you can have stakes. Yeah. Which lead not only to to emotional things but also to better jokes. Mm-hmm. Um the animation and background child uh style changed a little bit. Originally, you know, in the pilot they had those painterly sixties back backdrops. Uh public was told you can't do that um on mm-hmm. the schedule right. that you have. So they started putting the black outlines around things like a comic book mm-hmm. and he started working away from that. Yeah. Um, with this getting like better painters, um, he says that season three is when it really came into its own. Yes. For this. Yeah. Um, and the book, if you want to hear Jackson public talk a lot about storyboarding, mm-hmm. uh, that, that man admires a storyboarder. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He just talked because it's, you know, it's a tough job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard. Like it's uh, storyboarding is uh communication, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, the art book is especially good because like, especially at around this point, it goes away from being like concept art and kind of stuff. And it's like, hey, like, here's a pose sheet from this thing. You actually get storyboards um, in the in the uh, uh, more so in the art book starting on season two here, including yeah. uh, storyboards from this uh, from this excellent opening montage. I love the opening for this. This is one of my favorite openings they've done. Um, this kind of cold open before the credits. Yeah. Um, it's just a montage getting us up to speed with the aftermath of the boys. Yes. Um, you know, Brock is digging a grave. Uh, Dr. Orpheus is very upset. Billy gives JJ uh, Jr. A robotic <laughs> hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Phantom Loom is creeping on Dr. Girlfriend. The monarch is in prison. Uh, there's a part where he, like, a butterfly lands and he eats it, uh-huh. which always surprises me. I always forget that. <laughs> um, and during this, uh, Rusty steals the X1, and he is going to go discover himself uh, in the wake of this. I need to go and live my own life. He has to go live his own life without the boys. Uh, uh. You get the sense that this happens from time to time, when you, knowing what we know. But this is this is sent to a, set to a song called Everybody's Free to Feel Good uh, by Rosales. Mm-hmm. Or Rosales? Rosalias? Uh, and remixed by Aquagen. Yeah. Um, and there's like a little story here where like 
they did this. The Cartoon Network told them, hey, we don't have the budget for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Doc Hammer had to do an overnight to write a new song with the same tempo and like crescendos at the same spot. Yeah, yeah. And then when he sent it to the network, they're like, no, no, I guess we'll just pay for the song. <laughs> right. That's way worse. It was, it was one eighth of the episode's production budget. And like, yeah. You know, it's funny because when that song hits the, you know, it like it, it's reaching towards its climax as as Rusty is going and, you know, like training at a monastery and Brock is chasing after him. Like he ends up in an opium den. <laughs> He's growing yeah. a beard and all of that. Very and it like, begins. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, clim- it climaxes, uh, uh, the song does and turns into like a dance number as we get to where he ultimately, where Rusty ultimately ended up, which is at a rave. Like he's in the, his speed suit. The rave suit. wipe is so good. <laughs> Uh, like him with his beard and his, his pacifier uh, it's got, and stuff. It's got the, he's got a binky and, sun, and sun, a sun visor on and he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go back to his responsibilities because they got the feel good pills here. Yeah, he wants to stay with, and the delivery here that James Urbanek does is so good. Uh-huh. Like Brock, you know, you got to deal with the boys. The bills are piling up. <laughs> And him just me like, this is my family now. Her <laughs> name is Sky, and we're gonna have a child, please. <laughs> like I want their feel good candy. <laughs> yeah. A new family and their feel good candy. It's one of my favorite James Urbaniak deliveries <laughs> on this. But uh Brock trinks him. Yeah. And yeah. we get this new intro sequence with the fake out that this <laughs> is gonna be the Venture Brothers, Rusty and JJ. Uh <laughs> featuring Dr. Orpheus, Brock, and Helper. Yep. Um I love it when they fuck with the intro. Yep. Uh it's such a good, such a good joke. I also just it's love giving helper top billing when they they have no idea how to use him. He's not in the episode. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, he doesn't factor in. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so we have JJ here. It opens up with him in the lab. We have JJ with his new voice. Uh, he is not uh, just James Urbaniak doing a sinister voice. He's like, ah, Rusty. You know, we're the Venture Brothers. Yeah, you know, he's, he's kind of like uh, the, his dad's voice. <laughs> Um, and R- Rusty is just very protective of his stuff. Like you're using my equipment, my mm-hmm. lab. Um, and he's specifically resentful because while he was gone, uh, he did a bunch of his government contracts that came in. They mm-hmm. were addressed to Dr. Venture and he got two doctorates. Yeah. So he decided to take <laughs> it over. Um, there's a part where he, ca- he does this like bitty bitty thing to him. Yeah. And this is a reference to Buck Rogers. And I had no idea what this was until I started researching it. Oh yeah. Twiggy. Oh, you didn't um, know Twiggy? Yeah. I did not know Twiggy. Um, yeah, I had no idea about a Twiggy. Yeah. Uh, so it is, uh, who or what is a Twiggy? What is an Urkel? um, (laughs) So this was, this was really strange to me when Mm -hmm. I first saw it. I was like, why is he doing that? Is he making, is he trying to like, is he implying that JJ has a stutter? Like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's very strange. Um, (laughs) but he just has two contracts left. Um, a teleporter and a sound that kills. Uh, the sound that kills uh, dubs on the killing sound. Um, according to the wiki, is a reference to a Nick Fury comic. Uh, Maybe. I think that that's probably a lot of sounds that kill. Yeah, you know, the brown note, stuff like that. It's a, it's yeah. a thing. Yeah, the wiki's a little bit uh, horny with like, yeah. things together. I got, got, I got a bit of a hair trigger on that. Um, but, uh, you know... Uh, JJ calls dibs on the on the on the sound that kills and leaves the teleporter job to Rusty. Um, however, the teleporter is like halfway done, so you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, cut over uh, to your uh, staff is working on it. Yeah. Manufacturing wing. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've got a staff. <laughs> I've got a manufacturing wing. Um, cut over to Doctor O, who is beating himself up. Yeah, you know, basically blames himself for the death of the kids. They were his ward. 
you know, and uh, Brock is working on the car. Brock doesn't give a shit, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I why, why doesn't Brock explain this to him? Because, like, eventually, he, you know, he calls out uh, Rusty for, you know, for, for dicking around with him, you know. Yeah. But, well, I think uh, it's just because they wait until the clones are done and then just say they never died. Oh, yeah. I you know, they're just not so, ready yeah. to, to move on from There's it. an omerta, yeah. Yeah, but there, there's like a, this is, you know, a little bit where he's like, you know, fine, I hate you. You hungry? <laughs> Think about making grilled cheese. Uh, real good. So blase about it. And Dr. Orpheus is like, you may not know that I'm, a, you know, my trade, I'm a necromancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brock's like, does that mean you have sex with dead people? Like, no, 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 that's necrophile. I'm going to bring the boys back to life. I just need to get their souls. Uh, starting his little, his little plot. Yes. There. Yeah. Uh, so Rusty goes to the manufacturing mm-hmm. wing, uh, which he didn't know was active, uh, to see his staff that he didn't know that he has. These are people like beloved figures from his childhood that he just doesn't remember. Uh, we got, we got, I, we got Hector and Swifty. <laughs> I love, uh, Hector and Swifty so much. Um, <laughs> Hector's just so enthusiastic. He has no idea how fucked he is. It's very similar. There's a, uh, this is voiced by Brendan Small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a character he does on comedy Bang Bang. Uh-huh. Where he does two people who, who work together like a, a musician, mm-hmm. musicians. And his Swifty voice is just that voice. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name, but Swifty's an old boxer <laughs> who just kind of mumbles the whole time. Like, <laughs> I don't feel so good at not feeling so much. I used to be pretty I used to be It's really, really good. You know, he's got a skull rattle. He's got terrible CTE. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love I love this Hector bit, like the flashback. Uh-huh. He was like, oh, he's such a kidder. And they do this flashback to the adventure. And it just, it's perfectly done. Like uh-huh. the spear being thrown at Dr. You know, Dr. Venture Sr., him holding up the calendar. And according to this Mayan calendar, today is your lucky day. Yeah. Dad, that brown boy saved Can we, can like we keep him, Pa? <laughs> incredible. Like and, just really, really good. And, the, and uh, Hector... They also fight a Nazi who's controlling Yetis at some point. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, it's just like, what are these Yeti, Nazi Yeti monster? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're just a few of those like, just little cutaway gags that are, that, that imply a, just a fully rich, uh, just, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but I also love that this, this was literally Rusty's sidekick, you know, and, and, you know, if we're mapping this onto Johnny quest, uh, Hector would be his Hachi, right? Yeah. Um, but Rusty not only doesn't remember him and has neglected to, you know, really give him anything to do for all these years that he supposedly has been drawing a paycheck. Uh, Rusty, as Hector approaches, thinks that they're there to mug him because Rusty's a terrible prejudiced person. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's a racist. Yeah. Uh, the um, So JJ's uh, girlfriend show up to take him to Spider Skull Island. Um, I love Jonas Bender Jr. as this ultimate poon hound. Uh-huh. Like, just like, just doing threesomes. Like, as soon as he has the robotic arm, it's just like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I'm fucking, I'm a, I'm a stud uh, here. Uh, so Rusty, you know, obviously a monster. He immediately uh, fires Hector and Swifty. (laughs) Hector didn't know that there was a door, uh, like, out. He, he yeah, or that his dad was dead. And he's like, it's been 30 years. He goes, 30 years? I'm 45? (laughs) (laughs) Just kept hearing this improbable purgatory. Oh God, my life. No. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. Yeah, 
Uh, so Rusty is furious because the teleporter is on, um, and that that probably accounts for the power bill. He figures, oh, halfway done. This is probably fine. We'll just put some baby blue enamel on that or something. Yeah, goes <laughs> to the army. <laughs> yep. Uh, so he uses it, and this causes a power outage. Uh, and discombobulates him across three rooms. Yep. Um, so his legs are sticking out of the TV, his head and torso are in the lab, and his arm, he thinks, is in the bathroom. Yes, because he feels sludge. We won't see that until the yep. post-credits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we cut over to the Monarch subplot, which makes me laugh despite some unfortunate notes. Yep. Um, I do not like that it is we are introduced with King Gorilla uh, attempting to sexually assault him. Nope. Um, and it's played for comedy, like just mm-hmm. like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, like the, yeah. you know, I thought we did, were cool. Did, like that's you, not the kind of thing you do. Did you bring me to your cell? Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's 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 not great mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, there are later King Gorilla rough chuckles, like everything with the Tarzans. I think is very funny, even though it's also implied grossness. Like, yeah, getting a Tarzan, like smuggling a Tarzan, a singular Tarzan collective yeah. noun into. A prison is very funny to the, me, and the, Tarzapan is very funny, <laughs> even if it is, you know, again, yeah, like, that's a sexual assault joke. Like, I don't care for that. Yeah. But also, collecting and being sexually attracted just to Tarzans just, is funny just, to me. J- just an offering of Tarzans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you him keep some Tarzans. He has, like, a terrarium <laughs> yeah. of Tarzans. Like, I think that's very funny. We have reached the point where the word Tarzan has no meaning to me anymore. Yeah, which is, you know, nonsense. Uh, so that part is gross. Uh, but then he walks away. They, they play the music from Oz as he's <laughs> gathering up materials from other prisoners. Um, and then he has Tiny Joseph um, right on a micro dot, which mm-hmm. is a real thing. Yeah. Um, where they stuff. hide messages in a period mm-hmm. um, of something, which is pretty cool spy stuff mm-hmm. and sends out on a butterfly. Um, yes. This is where he says, you know, you're allowed to keep this because it will rehabilitate you. And mm-hmm. King Gorilla has his Tarzan. Yes. You know, he sends sends the butterfly away. Let the beating of your wings ignite the hurricane that is my second coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, Tiny Eagle, who was only alluded to in Tag Cellurit, uh, swoops down in his little eagle plane and uh, intercepts the uh, the message for the guild. Yeah, uh, Doctor Orpheus is wandering through the afterlife um, <laughs> here, looking for the boys, and he finds like a floor of faces. Uh huh. Uh, here, I love the, the the way the afterworld looks in this. Um, and the, the, he's got a, a Caesar helm, and he says, you're the guard for the great Caesar. And the other guy is like, no, nah, you choked while at a costume party. You're a liar. That's why you're in hell. You're such a liar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just Again, just literally two dipshits. One 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 to be hammer, one one for public. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. Orpheus has the uh, drawing of the boys on his palms mm-hmm. uh, from Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah, and even refers to Hank uh, as being toe-headed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, nice little bit, but he can't find the souls. Right. Um, he goes back to the real world and he's just like really upset. Like, you know, you don't, how you lose a soul, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just, can't just do this. And Triana is not having it. No, um, there's no real jokes here. She's just hysterical. Well, she, she's just really, really upset with the idea of, of, of these friends, you know, these boys that she came to know coming back as zombies. Like this is, yeah, this is heinous. And he's like, well, they're not zombies. They'll be resurrected. It's a body without a soul. And she, you'd think that Triana would know this, I yeah. kind of think, you know, being the necromancer's daughter. Yeah. It, I, I think that he's, he shelters, he shelters, <laughs> he shelters her from mm-hmm. a bunch of this. Like, you know, what Dr. Orpheus does with her closet is not that great either. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, the only man who could ever reach me, raise me. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So the doorbell rings as he's chanting the incantation. And he walks away. He says, you know, don't touch anything. You could accidentally make the cat huge or something. <laughs> uh, and there are the slimy slug body venture brothers yep outside one of them asked for a milkshake <laughs> and they're, 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 they can they can barely speak they it's implied that they can't really you know see or hear anything they just kind of like grope around blindly they're they don't really have like skin they're, they're, yeah no there's like real like you know sciency um mm-hmm. And he thinks that they're thinks that they're zombies. So he goes to Rusty, who again is he, Rusty's in the wall for the entire episode, which is really funny. Well, there's, and Doc, you know Doc Hammer, who I like, don't always you know agree with the things that he thinks are the funniest or at least funny parts of his episodes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thinks that the funniest bit is Brock moving the TV in because it has his legs devoted <laughs> like next it to each other. Solve the problem. And that is really good because Brock, because you know, Doc calls him out on. He's like, I don't know what to do here, Doc. I'm trying. <laughs> it's like, like it might be nice to have them together. Is very funny to yeah. me. It's really good. Oh man! In the commentary, they joke about like, but how did he get back together? Can we show that? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know Flashback. if they, yeah, if they, if they got flack for it or whatever uh, for not explaining yeah. how he got put back together. Um, but, uh, you know, so Dr. O is there begging for, you know, forgiveness. I've, I've done this heinous thing. You know, it's like, wait, you saw, you saw their bodies, saw them. I made them a fucking milkshake. Uh, it's hilarious when, uh, Dr. O swears. It doesn't, does not happen very often. No. Um, Dr. O's talisman starts glowing. He can hear their souls. You know, he's like, Dean forgives you, but Hank. Hank is quite cross. He's calling you a crumb bum or perhaps a crampon. Uh, and the, the, uh, it's towards these computers that he's yeah. getting these readings from. Like Brock the- and Rusty know what, what's going on. And Brock's like, you know, Rusty stopped yanking his chain. And he's like, I missed this way. <laughs> well, but, 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 um, what was do- that? When Dr. Orpheus tele- he says, and miss this, like, no way. I'm not going to miss <laughs> <Yeah>. Dr. Orpheus. <laughs> when Dr. Orpheus teleports in, he teleports in through an ectoplasm portal in the ceiling. Uh-huh. It's weird. I, I don't know why that happens. <laughs> he can just walk through the door. Yeah, it just makes well, him real slimy, and he lives yeah. there. Uh huh. And, well, and 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 Brock takes exception. He's like, he's getting ectoplasm everywhere. We need to stop him for. Let's just calm him down. It's a weird. It's a weird touch. Yeah. Um. One of my favorite scenes in this. We go to the monarch explaining his escape plan to uh, new villains. Always really happy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When we get some new villains, good ones uh, here. here. Yeah, good ones. Uh, so he's talking to Tigerific, <laughs> who's going to rip the the gate open. He's like, I can't do that. <laughs> costume it's all the costume he's like what you know you don't have tiger powers you weren't raised by tigers like moogly it's Mowgli <laughs> and his wolves and still no uh you know really uh sharp quick dialogue back and forth you have to um, you have to feel pretty kind of bad for for, for tigerific if all of his powers come from his suit and he is in here with people who have superpowers naturally like a tigerific in a in a world with a king gorilla yeah yeah I mean, it's one step up from Shameface. <laughs> what? Um, Shameface, the guy with the uh, the chemical burns all over his face. Oh yeah, yeah. Who just doesn't seem to do anything. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, Mr. Mondays here, who is based on Calendar Man uh-huh. uh, from the Batman mythos, uh, who is just a dandy who loves Mondays uh-huh. and wants to be the the the, the president of calendars. Yes. In this new in syndicate new that you're making, I want to be the king of calendars. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, real, real good. And then we get White Noise. White which Noise is, is my great, favorite. 
yeah, white noise is a great like visual pun. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's just a you know a human shaped static area of uh, of television static. He got that way in a tragic and life altering uh, television repair accident. Uh, yeah, really, but, really good. But you know, he's not just called white noise because he's television static. He's also a white nationalist. He doesn't yeah. want their little group to be racially integrated. Yeah. <laughs> just you know. You, you you work with the tools you got, Monarch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I love. Uh, he doesn't show up very often. No, this. no, it just looks cool that he's just static on the screen uh-huh. next to everybody. Like it looks really neat. Yeah, um, really, really good. Uh, Monarch says this is worse than my old henchmen. So we cut over to a henchman support group <laughs> uh, meeting. Where lo- twenty one, twenty four are there. Yeah, I love I love getting Gary and twenty four out of their costumes. They're, they're very funny, like the mm-hmm. way that they look. Yeah, uh, you know. Gary uh, has a pork chop sandwiches T-shirt, mm-hmm. Fensler film uh, kind of thing. The uh, and they're they're overhearing a guy who used to be a, a henchman to Crimo Dial, <laughs> which is also a really great like, man. The villains, yeah, he's this. half lizard. Like he's talking yeah. about just like oh, you know, Captain Sunshine. He, you know, and I had to hand over had to hand over Wonder Boy again. Lane track for that. Um, and uh, Gary has completely missed missed the point of the support group. Like he you know he chimes in to you know offer some kind words of support and stuff but he thinks that this isn't about like stopping henching and going to being a normal person he thinks it's about about like stopping henching to become supervillains. he's like oh i could be the viceroy like <laughs> yeah like how when the queen bee dies mm-hmm. and they have to, the the soldier has to take the royal jelly yeah. to become the new queen uh and he he meets uh uh 21 or 20 uh 24 24 yeah. 24 yeah uh here uh who recognizes him from his voice mm-hmm um, they kind of give each other shit. I thought you know, we like, learned 24's name, but we never do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Gary just, and 24. Yeah. I love I love them the digs uh, against each other. He's like, look at you all, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Beer does not a substitute for a jawline. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, you totally look like Seinfeld with a unibrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, this, this is this is real good. Them getting back together and is going to lay track for the uh, the next episode. Yeah. Um, there. <laughs> um, back in prison, we get one of my, again, favorite scenes, even if it does has, have the unfortunate odor of uh, implied sexual assault in it, yeah. um, where the phantom limb is putting pressure on King Gorilla not to help the monarch escape. Yeah. And like all of this, it's so quick. Uh-huh. Like, he's just like, you just lay home, you have to drive. Well, what would we, could, we could do? You sodomize Vince Neil on TV. Well, you ripped him he in goes, half. <laughs> no, he says you sodomize him. Then he goes, I, I, I only sodomized half of them. They wanted the surreal life. KG gave him the surreal life. <laughs> Which, that is, that's like very funny. Yeah. <laughs> like just, because yeah, I don't know if any people listening to this know that show. Uh-huh. Uh, the idea was they just got a bunch of has-been shitty weirdo stars together to be horrible. Yeah. Just like, oh, like, well, like, what, what have we made Vern Troy? and somebody who was less famous than Vern Troyer live in a house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the idea of King Gorilla in this world being in that and being like, uh-huh. you know, fuck this shit. Yeah. Uh, is I'm very gonna, funny to I'm going to rip Vince Neil in half. Motley Crue sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, he he's like, Phantom Limb is like, you know, well, of course, you you know, you don't bow to pressure. I baked you a cake. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks at the cake and it's shaped like a person. It says, happy birthday, <laughs> King Gorilla. has like candles. Uh-huh. And he sniffs. He goes, that marzipan? He goes, try Tarzapan. Yeah. And the idea of a Tarzan marzipan mm-hmm. toe is just so, tickles me so good. Yeah. Sneaking in an individual Tarzan. <laughs> 
Very and again, that. an individual Tarzan is funny because it implies multiple Tarzans. It's like Dracula's or Frankenstein's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good, though. Try Tarzapan. Very funny <laughs> to me. Oh, so back at the compound, uh, Rusty's explaining. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, real quick. There's a good part in the uh, the commentary. Yep. Where they're talking about, uh, you know, them having openly gay characters on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about the alchemist. They talk about King Gorilla and stuff. And this is the first openly gay character. And they're talking about Colonel Gentleman. And <laughs> they're just saying how he's so above sex. And they're all, everyone's doing the voice. Uh-huh. He's just like, yes, I'm making love to Kiki. It doesn't make me gay. It makes me smart. Look at him. Uh, which, <laughs> look at him. He's beautiful. Like, that made if me laugh really hard. That made the commentary worth it, it to me. Yeah. If his, if his skin was any prettier, I'd eat him. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just like it's a it's a perfect make him sum- do a sandwich and then have sex with the sandwich. Yeah, I mean it's it's, uh, a, it's a perfect summation because like the thing that's fun about Colonel Gentleman is the fact that he is so he's he just beyond everything. Like he's so confident. Yeah, yeah, that kind of hyper confidence is very mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, that made the commentary worth it to me. Uh, but yeah, uh, to, to 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 cut back to the to, to the compound and the explanation of what's going on with the boys, like hey, these aren't zombies. What's happening is, you know, these are clones. You know, several years back, Rusty uh, created an army of these clone slugs uh, from some mm-hmm. uh, fingernail clippings. Um, the boys' consciousness are, is backed up every night when they um, sleep in their in their in their beds. They're they're little learning beds. Um, and it goes to this, uh, goes to this computer bank. The reason why Dr. Orpheus can't find the souls is because they're in the, it's like whatever passes for that is in the computers. Yeah. (laughs) Would you believe that this is what's happening in the X-Men comics right now? Really? Uh, Charles Xavier has this now for everybody. So like when an X-Men dies, they can bring him back to life because he has a backup of their brain. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not the dumbest thing that's happened in an X-Men comic, but. It's just, it's very strange. Like, yeah. I was just like, when I was seeing that, I was like, oh, it's like the Venture Brothers with uh-huh. their learning bed. Yeah. Like, he takes, like, Professor Xavier takes backups. Right. Pre- of every mutant on Earth. Like, every, you know, week or something. Like, through Cerebro or something? I think, you know, he wears Cerebro all the time now. There's something going on with that comic, and it got involved in a crossover, and I kind of fell off. Oh, yeah. But yeah. something sinister is happening. I don't know exactly what. Right, right. Huh. Um... Yeah. Anywho, uh, you know, he does this and it's the Dr. O Rusty magic science. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, debate here, um, <laughs> here uh, at some point he says, you know, wh- how many times this happened? And Brock's like 14 times. And we get the, the death montage, <laughs> uh, which is a very, you know, in the, the commentary, James Urbania calls it a gif of palooza. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> <is> really funny. <laughs> just our, our gift to avatars everywhere. Is yeah. just it's all just these very simple one gag scenes of the kids dying, sometimes horribly mm-hmm. graphically, like when they're riding their bikes along the road and they they, they pass under a clothesline and get decapitated. Yeah, well, and I love uh, the like, we don't get to see the adventure part of it. Like at uh-huh. one point, Doc turns into a werewolf <laughs> and kills them. It's like, we don't get to ever see Doc it's so, a werewolf. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like in the commentary, there's one of them that they cut the Jackson public had, uh, mm-hmm. where it would be them, the boys like nervously stepping, mm-hmm. like trying to get around something and they would pan back and they'd be between a Pegasus and a unicorn <laughs> that were threatening them. <laughs> that's very funny to me as well. Really I wish that stayed in. Yeah. <laughs> I know uh, that's in the commentary or the book. It's in the book. It's in the book. Is where that uh, one is. Very funny. Yeah. Um, but just there's like, also one where they just fall into a spike trap and he's like, that's remember when we had the... And they both point where they both grew a mustache. <laughs> Which is the uh, thing here. that two like two grown dudes who work together would do. Like, hey, let's grow a yeah. mustache here for a while. 
Well, the the weird thing, so the the uh, wiki was like, oh, it's a reference to the recording of Sergeant Peppers. No, and I was like, okay, wiki. Well, okay, no. and then uh, it is low key that though. In the book, they talk about it's a low key <sighs> Beatles reference. Yeah, it's like oh, like, these unfortunate man. things. But like, I don't know. I I've, 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 I've done I've done mustache packs with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it sounds me and me and a bunch of my friends went to my friend Eric's wedding. And we all grew mustaches for uh-huh. us. We look like shit. Yeah, and, and like, just like yeah, we all we want to be your gross fucking fat slimy mustache friends. <laughs> Take that, Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is a very dude thing. I liked it a lot more when it wasn't confirmed that it was a uh, Beatles. Yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I, I love Hank jumping off the roof, uh, jumping off the roof while dressed as Batman, thinking an umbrella will slow his fall. Really, really good. Um, the the mutual William Tell is very funny with compound bows, uh, like yeah, compound bows, got, like draw, like draw pulleys, yeah, yeah, it's very good. Um, yeah, this is this is this is wonderful. Um, there's multiple <laughs> times where you know only one of the kids dies, which might explain the circumcision, the creepy mm-hmm. dog dork. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. The wiki also has a theory that when one of them dies and the other one doesn't, uh, Brock has to kill. The, the, they they uh, overanalyze the a joke because like when, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, like Hank's like, oh, so what would you do? And then Brock. He's got the serum. Yeah, yeah, he's got the serum. Like, you know, how would you kill me? Like, oh, you know, you're in your sleep. I snap your neck. Like, have you done this before? And, and Brock says, yes. I, th- I think you that. you thought about it before. Okay. Huh. Yeah. He says, yeah. you've thought about this. He goes, yes, I have. Yeah. Um, and they think that it's, he's actually done it. In fairness, I don't know what they would do if just one of them died, but they could just wait until the other one died. The other theory that you they know? have is that, like, in season five, they introduce memory wipes so they can just wipe the memory. Yeah. But Yeah. Either or. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the, like, Wiggy's not being great in general. Mm-hmm. But, um, but but there's also parody because like we have Hank jumping off the roof while dressed as Batman. We have Dean running with scissors. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a yeah. clumsy child, you make him wear a helmet. If you have a death prone child, if you have death prone children, you keep a few clones around, which is yeah, really, really, really it's good. practical. Yeah. This is flashing forward, but I just absolutely fucking adore that the season, uh, the season three ends with the clones being destroyed. Right. Like this being not a stat, like this is a clever metatextual thing to keep a status quo mm-hmm. for an, a kid's adventure cartoon. Like you watch a Johnny question, like that kid would die many times over Yeah, and clones kind of like, and then the higher order thinking is like, what if we can't use that safety net? Yeah. You know, shit, they have to grow up. <laughs> Well, I, I love that they do that. I love that they're 16, but like their documents uh, show that they should be 19 because, yeah. <laughs> because they lose time because it's always being reset. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, back at the, the prison, it's time for the night count and the monarch breaks out. He's got a homemade uh, version of his suit made out of license plates and jumpsuits and mm-hmm. such. And all of his accomplices uh, stay in their cells. They know Salem. Yes. Um, because they were paid off by the guild. Mm-hmm. Um, and King Gorilla, after initially giving the cold shoulder, eventually um, decides to help. He has like this crisis of conscience and he goes and he rips a toilet off the wall, spraying shit everywhere. That's not how toilets work. The point of the toilet is for mm-hmm. the shit to go away. Um, yeah. <laughs> but King Gorilla has decided to help him because he can't stand in the way of true love. Like King Gorilla, for all of his faults, you know, it actually does a solid here is like, you know, you, you need to go and get Dr. Girlfriend back because I know that you love, love her. 
Yeah, well, he, he says specifically, like, this isn't about the guild. This is Phantom Limb being a dick. Yes. Trying to get me out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, in his little, he made his own little versions of the shooters, and he shoots, like, just stuff you'd find around the prison, but also <laughs> shoots Tiny Joseph as a boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, that, what, a, what a kick in the teeth. Yeah. That is to him. To be used um, as ammo. He, <laughs> he basically gets stuffed down the toilet in, like, a Shawshank. Yeah. And he explains to him he's going to have to do the Shawshank crawl. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, so he's out. He's so out. they accomplish their things. The boys are back and the monarch's out of jail. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the boys wander in on uh, Rusty explaining what's going on with them. They're still unformed, unable to speak or see, but it is so baked into them to do the co- the go team venture. Uh, but they just say, go team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I, love, I love Rusty saying bro- like Brock, like, oh, they're not done yet. Put them back. And he's like, I hate touching them. Like that. <laughs> they're like, like stretch, stretch Armstrongs. It's <laughs> so gross. Yeah. Like their bones are only kind of. Formed. They have good, the good, good, uh, good, very good, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, gosh, like similes or whatever comparisons. Because in the finale, oh, like it's like shaking hand with the with a chicken, the chicken dinner. dinner. Yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, I uh, the commentary. I was like, why couldn't we show clone dork? Uh, <laughs> which I like. <laughs> that line for the yeah, they've got little sensor bars over their dinguses. So. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the end of the episode. We get a pretty inconsequential. Uh, post credit scene, yeah, where the monarch pops out of his sewer pipe, and that's where Rusty is. Yeah, he the thinks he's been outside. He's been he thinks he's in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but he's actually been rooting around in toilet yeah. shit. Yeah, out of in the, the in, in the open prison air shit. sewage that drains from the yeah yeah from the prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good app, good app, love it. Super dense, yeah. lots of good jokes. Yeah, uh, and even things you know again. I promise it won't be the theme of the show all the time, mm-hmm. but there are things that are like the, the kind of non-politically correct jokes in this that I can't deny made me laugh or make me laugh now. Mm-hmm. Like when tiny Joseph is like, they don't really use microdot on the outside. And the monarch says, well, they don't use pictures of Macaulay Culkin as currency either. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid or not when I was a kid, when I was 20, <laughs> a 26 year old man, uh, and first saw that, like, I was like one of my favorite jokes in this episode. Mm-hmm. It like happened so quick. It's like fired, you know, really fast. And like, it's a joke about something disgusting. And now I don't find that nearly as funny, mm-hmm. but it definitely at the time uh, had an audience. Yeah. Which was me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but that's the thing about uh, when jokes are quick is that if one of them lands sour, you know, there's probably going to be it's true. plenty of good ones yeah. coming out, coming after it. Yeah. Let it go and, and scoot down to the next joke. Yep. Um, the, uh, so we're, we're starting the next, next season. We're going to be doing the rest of these. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, I think they all have commentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a few guests line up for this season. I'm still getting that finalized, mm-hmm. but it's going to be like last season. We're going to have three guests and that's probably how I'm going to do it for the foreseeable. Yeah. Uh, I think as, as guest Meister. Seems, re- uh, seems reasonable to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, it's about what I, what I want to do. Um, so look forward to that. Mm-hmm. If you like this show, uh, you can get episodes a week early by supporting us at Patreon. If you go to mm-hmm. patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. And, uh, you can also leave us a rating review on Apple podcast or podcast addict. Please. Great. Please do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you, you took all the admin stuff, buddy. I did. I have to lay down because my back is destroying True. Me. I tore a muscle in my back. It's not as bad as like last time or whatever, but it, uh, it means I'm standing in an awkward position uh-huh. and would like to lay down. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> yeah, let's, that's where well, it comes from. let's do the go team venture and let you go do that. Thanks. Uh, go, go team, team venture. venture.